into my dungeon. Welcome to Cauldron Script. I'm your host, Master Cauldron. If you're new to the show, we use our combined 35 years of BDSM experience, about 20 years working in the psychology field to dispel myths, get rid of stereotypes, and answer your questions about BDSM. You can call in at 865-268-4005 to leave your questions or visit the crypt at cauldronscript.com. I guess the best way to do that is text them to 865-268-4005. In this episode, I am fading off to the background as Dawn from Erotic Awakening Podcast takes over as moderator for Submissives Roundtable with Mayfair, Junicorn's Angel, and Sub X13, all of which have been here on the show before for a Submissives Roundtable and other things. With that said, Dawn from the Erotic Awakening Podcast, I'm going to hit those rules to love by, brought to you by Inclusion Woodworks, my kinky woodworking company. Check that out, inclusionwoodworks.com. And then you can take it over. So, rules of love by rule number one, safe, sane, consensual, and informed. Rule number two, kinky, that's K-N-K-I, and comes from the Kinky app, available on all platforms. They are not a sponsor of the show, but it stands for knowledge, no intolerance, kindness, and integrity. And rule number three, the quote from Mr. Paul Young, submission is not about authority, and it's not about obedience. It is all about relationships of love and respect. And that was my best radio announcer's voice. So, submissives round table number two for the podcast, I of 200 and something episodes. Don, welcome and thank you for moderating this panel. And um, I don't know what you've got in store, but I'm sure with all of your years of experience, it's going to be awesome. So I'm handing over my headphones and microphone to Junicorn's Angel and letting you have the floor. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This is a pleasure. So, um, and no, no, uh, no stress, right? So just a little intro of me, and then I'll get everybody else to introduce themselves. So I go, um, my pronouns are she, her, and I identify at the moment as Bellet. So that is a, a new word, and I'll explain that a little bit later. So I have used the, the titles of sub and slave and have won a master slave contest with my master, um, also known as Daniel Bellum. Uh, that was about 11 years ago. So as of two weeks from now, we'll have been collared for 22 years. And um, so a long time. I try not to think about the years anymore. So I am co-author of Living MS. I am co-author of Hearts and Collars, which is our newest power exchange book. And um, like Cauldron said, co-host of the Erotic Awakening podcast. We just hit 14 years and over 650 shows. So um, if you haven't heard of the Erotic Podcast, Erotic Awakening Podcast, feel free to head over and check out some shows. I also like to throw out a little disclaimer when I do things like this, in that um, I'm a full-time RVer. I am in an RV park somewhere in Southwest US, and um, if my internet craps out, I'm hoping these uh, uh, young ladies can take over for me, but so far, so good. We'll see how it goes. So again, my name is Dawn. Doing this for 22 years. Identify as Bellet, which is um, also like slave. I'll explain that later. So I would like everyone to introduce themselves. Name, how many years you've been in, how you identify that stuff. So um, we'll start with Mayfair. How long? I guess it's officially been about six years. I think it's always kind of been a part of my life, just 
going back into childhood, I would play and end up getting myself bound into something because I like the feeling of being bound. I suppose I'm a submissive. I can I think I'm kind of figuring out a lot of things about life lately. It's it's been a lot going on. So Okay. Awesome. Well, welcome to the round table. And then Junicorn's Angel. Do you want to go by Junicorn's Angel today or are we shortening it or Well, I normally go by Junie, so that's Junie? what people call me. Yep, that's awesome. Fine. And how many years and how do you identify Junie? I think we're it's somewhere around five, five to six, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. I'm a submissive, bottom masochist, little I got a lot of lot of parts to me, but that's really the thing. But I love um impact is is one of my favorite things to be an impact bottom. Awesome. And then sub X thirteen. So I've been in the lifestyle almost four years now. I identify as a slave. I have uh, in a power exchange relationship with my master, bad dog, bad. Cool. Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. So submissive roundtable. I've been running these for quite a few years and I have um, I, I started running them in person in Columbus, Ohio, probably. God, now I got to count six, four, ten. 13 so yeah about 15 years ago and um i've done it by myself and with other people facilitated these and one of the questions i i guess um we can get started with how we got started in this lifestyle what kind of interest you know what what interest actually brought us here and i'll tell my story and then i've got some other questions for you guys if you don't mind so um, I know for me, it seems that I find people have either been in for a really long time, like 20 years, 22 years, and then it is five, six. You know, it's like there's things that happen in the environment that draw us in. So mine that long ago was when um, I'm going to age myself so bad here, but it was when the Internet became available. Right. So this was 96, 97, 98. I was actually married to a vanilla partner for 14 years. Really was not enjoying it, was not enjoying it. I was not getting what I needed out of that and wasn't exactly sure what it was I needed. I kind of had an inkling, but it was hard to find any information about it, wanting what I wasn't getting. And who I was married to is not someone that I would have gotten that from, right? So I wanted someone that could be in charge. I wanted to follow someone that could be in charge and do the naughty things I wanted to do. And I didn't have that. And then internet became more available. IRC, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, became available. So it was like chat rooms. And I found what I was looking for. And then people told me about the books, Claiming Sleeping Beauty, Story of O, The Marketplace, um, things like that. And I was in a world that I wanted, but it was a fantasy world, right? What I'm reading is all fiction and fantasy. Well, I ended up divorcing that husband so I could find what I was looking for, got invited to some real-time demos there in Columbus, then took my best friend with me to those demos, who happened to be Dan. I'd known him since high school. 
And then we kind of looked at each other and went, hmm, I think this could work. And we shared each other our porn pictures and realized we were collecting the same porn. So that's how we got started. So, and I know, so that was one thing, the, the internet becoming more available. For some people, it was, um, oh my gosh, now I can't think, Shades of Grey, right? It was that book coming out, even though we kind of poo-poo it sometimes. I know some people that that was the book that they got a hold of that led them into this lifestyle. And some stayed and some didn't. And so things like that seem to happen. So I'm going to start with um, Junie. So Junie, if you don't mind sharing, how did you get started? What I'm going to ask you guys what drew you here and what you got out of it. So, you know, what what drew you to this lifestyle? Well, actually, for me, it's a pretty common story. Um, I met somebody online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was in a dating app. And I like to smile. And we started talking and he's like, so did you see the DS in my profile? Mm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he, was, he was like, do you know what that means? And I was like, well, I probably should, but I don't. Um, and so he explained a little bit and he kind of said, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I kind of started looking into more and realized it was stuff that I had been interested in for years, just like Mayfair and talked about. It was things that for me, it was about reading. I had read mm -hmm. all kinds of erotica for years um in including the claiming of sleeping beauty and that whole trilogy um and so i kind of was like i was all in you know and we were both relatively new i didn't realize how new he was in the lifestyle so it was a really um it wound up not lasting but we're actually really really good friends now and so um you know that that but once i was in i was like this is this is my life this is this is who i am i finally understood myself for the first time in my entire life i get that feeling was it scary no 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 it wasn't scary i literally i tell people this all the time i felt like like a safe lock like all the parts of me kind of locked into place almost physically and every time I learn something new about myself, it's it's that clicking into place of just another piece of understanding myself. So. Cool. So um, would either of the other two like to share how you got started? Yeah. So <laughs> I too, I've, I've been in a vanilla marriage for 16 years. Um, and, you know, we kind of decided that we were going to open our relationship because it just wasn't working. We've got, you know, other things that just, you know, make not ending that relationship right now the, the best for us. And so, you know, I started dating someone um, and he had been in the lifestyle before. Um, and so we just kind of were exploring in our relationship and it was something that um, really just felt right to me. Um, I'm a heavy masochist uh, that I've, I've come to discover and I've, I've always known that I've had a high pain tolerance and always kind of tried to push that envelope um, and, and find things because it 
relaxes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that, you know, now is something that I know when I get, you know, frustrated or upset, you know, where I can go to, to get that release, to help me calm down. Um, it's just become a, a huge part of my life and uh, who I am. Nice. And then Mayfair, how'd you get started? Um, so I joined FetLife. I forget who had told me about it. Um, but from the time I had internet access around 16, we had the first family computer uh, in the living room. I would wait for everyone to go to bed because I was, you know, a teenager and up late. And I would find stories about my current obsession. It was fan fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And my current obsession at 16 was the Backstreet Boys. Um, so I was finding BD, like BSB erotica. Um, but like I found that I didn't like the sweet or the caring ones or just the love story. I liked the ones that ended up um, portraying a DS dynamic and or um, non-consensual. Um, mm-hmm. So then somebody finally told me about FetLife um, and I joined that and it took about a year for me to actually go to anything or to contact anyone. Um, And then at one point they went to a restaurant that they'd never been before, but it was actually the first place I'd ever had a job. It was not the same company anymore, but it was the building where I had my very first job and Mm -hmm. I was signed and there I met Cauldron and we've been friends ever since. Nice. So different beginnings for everybody, right? So you guys got in after FetLife. So I was in 12 years before FetLife. So it's like trying to find places to go and people to meet and, you know, finding role models and stuff was really, really hard. And I'm glad I had known Dan. I'm I'm glad I didn't have to date. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't have to date. I knew Dan, like I said, for years before that, we had just never talked about this stuff. We, we were friends. We had never talked about sex or what our fantasies were or what we weren't getting in our marriages or things like that, right? And then I took the step of going, man, I found something and I need it and I'm not getting it from my husband. So, you know, I'm, I'm divorcing the husband and I'm going to jump into this lifestyle and, and figure out how to get what I, what I want, right? You know, I didn't want to be like the women generations before me that felt like they were stuck. And I I just couldn't do that. So, you know, I, I grabbed my friend's hand and I said, hey, let's go do this thing. And then we figured out that we work really good together in this type of lifestyle. So, you know, luckily it's worked out and and we actually still um, we just had a we do Sunday meetings we do weekly meetings and it's because we do all the business stuff, the books, the podcasts and presenting all of that. So we go over our travel plan. We go over all these things, but there's a section in our meeting where we sit back and we take a breath and we're like, so 
What do you think of our power exchange relationship? How's that going? Do we need anything else? Do we need to tweak something? Do we need to? And I looked at him and I'm like, so what happened to our weekly date? We used to have a weekly date on this meeting and it kind of disappeared. And he sat back and he's like, oh, we haven't actually played for a little while, have we? And I'm like, no, I'd, I'd like to put the weekly date back on. And so we still make sure to do that after 22 years because we're also polyamorous, which means, you know, other relationships. And he's got two new ones starting right now, which is where his energy is. And I'm like, me, me, me. I still like to be beat. I still like to be played with. <laughs> Let's make this happen. So I heard each of you talk about um, being a masochist or, you know, liking the play, liking the bottom. How important is that for you guys to have that play? Or the question is kind of the play versus the power exchange dynamic, which kind of play with that a little bit, which is, which is important for you guys, or is it all important? Say, so feel free to jump in. <laughs> well, I would say um, I'm unpartnered. I don't have, I don't have a dynamic and I don't have, I'm not in a relationship. So for me, the bottoming is important right now. I have a group of friends that I trust and am able to go to, to have really great scenes. Um, do I want, I want a dynamic? Absolutely. But I am at a point in my life where I will not settle for what is not exactly what I need. So for me, it's, it's been really important to um, kind of build my village around me of of really good friends and you know some I'm open but I'm not hunting if that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah hunting doesn't work so well for me so they usually drop in my lap when I'm not looking <laughs> that's what I need to practice I guess I don't know it's hard to get out I, and about <laughs> yeah I go through cycles you know what if I'm honest with myself I go through cycles I get laid back I'm not hunting anymore and then it's like wait a minute, I want something. Let's go find something. <laughs> Wait, this is too much work. I think I'm just going to sit back and let it come to me sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So what about the other, the other two of you? How important? So for me right now, just because of schedules and responsibilities and all of that, you know, I, I don't get the chance to bottom as often as I had in the past. And so right now that, that power exchange relationship is really, you know, what's holding everything together um, is, is having that and knowing that, you know, I, I've got him um, directing me and making sure that I'm staying on track. Um, and then, you know, when we do have the opportunity to, to have those scenes, you know, it's definitely a, a big bonus and a big boost and energy and everything for me. But right now it's just, that power exchange that's really, mm -hmm. really important. So nice, nice. Mayfair, what about you? Um, I am currently rebuilding a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So 
really play or relationships are not even on the radar at this point. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out my next move. Where am I going from some issues I'm having at work and Mm -hmm. adjusting with a new dog in the house. Um, The cat and the new dog still are fighting a lot. So like, it's just, it's just me right now. And I, I don't have the energy to give to anyone else. Understood. Understood. So lots of change, lots of shifting, lots of, yeah. So, and all of that affects what we're looking for or how we see ourselves. And, you know, so one of the things that I do like to to recommend with submissives is to get to know yourself and what your needs, wants, and desires are and things like that. And I was actually going to throw in here is that we were doing a interview, I think maybe with a, no, we were presenting for a, a university class and they were asking us about kink and asking us about, you know, power exchange and all this stuff. And as I was jabbering, as I was talking, I was like, you know, I love the bottom I love impact play and people will ask me, they're like, so what's your favorite toy? What's your favorite impact thing? And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I like thuddy over stingy. I will say that I like thuddy and I like licks of fire, which is the whip and the dragon's tail and the court and things like that. Those aren't stingy to me. Those are licks of fire. I like those and thuddy. I said, but it has to have power exchange in it. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not one of the type of people, not that there's anything wrong with this, but I'm not one of the type of people that can just be thrown up on a cross, beat and sent on my way. I'm, it's not about the, the, the action. It's about the energetic connection, right? So my next question for you guys is going to be, you know, what do you get at a power exchange? And maybe we can go on from there because me, power exchange, I have to have it in my play for my play to be fulfilling. And it's actually really hard for me to find that with like pickup play. So I'm the type of person that will watch someone play for years. I am such a slow mover, but I will watch someone with other people for years and how they interact with those people. And I get to trust them and who they are and that they're going to stick around before I'll actually ask for a scene. And I've had some, but by doing that, I've had some amazing, powerful scenes because their dominance that know how to make me submit. And that's what I like. I like, and I'm going to jabber for just a second. I consider myself a very powerful person, right? I run groups. I create things. I've been a producer of stuff. I mean, I do all kinds of stuff. I've written books on my own in another name. I, I, I see myself as a very powerful woman, but man, if I can follow a powerful leader, a powerful master, if someone can figure out how to make me submit, that's my warm, fuzzy spot. So, and if they can make me scared of them at the same time, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know all that warm and fuzzy, but it definitely works for me, right? So, um, so what I figured out with this college class, which is where I started at, they put it in words for me. Power exchange is my kink. And kink is my fetish. So power exchange is my fetish. And it's very rare that I can get off on like vanilla sex. It's very rare. It has to have power exchange in it. And it has to have kink in it. And I don't care if it's just biting my shoulder or pulling my hair, as long as they're not giggling like one boyfriend did. <laughs> right? That's what gets it for me. So I'm not sure where to move this to, but uh, I mean, how? I don't know. Do you guys have anything that is leaping from this ramble? I mean, how important is power exchange to you? Or I almost feel like I just asked that with the bottom question, though. Well, I'm very much in here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm I got very, something here. I'm trying to tease it out. Like, go, go I'm, ahead, very much the same. I'm very much the same way. Um, I'm really picky who I bought them for. I'm I'm not somebody who can just do a bunch of scenes in one night because the connection matters. Now I can bottom for friends. Um, but without that kind of power exchange, that kind of ability for me for a set period of time to put myself um, into that submissive to allow myself to be the submissive I am and have someone dominate me without without that I'm not going to get to that deep dark place that's really satisfying for me um, it can be fun and playful and light and I will enjoy it but it's not the same satisfaction yeah hmm is that for each of you as well or do you have something else that drives you? I think a, a big part of um, mine is that uh, because I am in a monogamous MS relationship, um, I, I don't, I've, I've played with a couple other people uh, here and there, um, but just people that, you know, my master and I both really trust uh, and so for, for me, it's more about doing that as a service to my master. Um, it, it's really about that serving, um, about providing that for him more than it is about, about me. Um, and so if, if I don't feel like that's something that is beneficial for him, um, I don't get as much out of it, I think is, you know, if I know that it's, it's helping him as well. So let me dig into that for a second and Mayfair, I'll, I'll come back to you if, if you want me to, or feel free to, to pop in. But so you're in a monogamous power exchange, a monogamous MS relationship. And you were saying that, so you said you play with a couple of other people that he trusts. So do you play with the other people as service to your master? Is that what you were saying? Um, 
No, not necessarily <laughs> a service to him. Okay. Um, but, and that he, he's, he's very much um, a service oriented top as well. Um, mm -hmm. and that, you know, and so it is kind of a service to him in serving myself. Like if the opportunities that come that arise when I am playing with other people is because for one reason or another, he is not able uh, to play at that point in time. Okay. Work relationship or, you know, he's, his head is not there. Um, and so it becomes a service to him that my needs are then met and serving myself because he enjoys, you know, being able to serve as well um, as right. that top. Nice. Okay. So that makes me want to ask about service and I got more questions. Anything that you wanted to throw in there Mayfair before I change this to a uh, service versus obedience? <laughs> um, I really, um, I don't, know that I have a great answer. Uh, I've only played with Cauldron. Um, and he's really been the only one so far that I've trusted enough to um, bottom for at all, really. Um, I think there's been a couple times where I've let him teach people on me, but it's very, very, very limited. Um, mm. So Actually, yeah. I actually like doing that when Dan brings in people to that he can teach on me and I'm just the body <laughs> that uh, can be used. That's actually kind of fun. That's awesome. So um, I'm calling on everybody with the questions just so that I don't get lost and down into a tunnel, you know, with me, cause I talk a lot or with one other person, but you know, if you don't have anything, that's, that's fine as well. So, but um, service was brought up and I, I like to talk about service versus obedience and get your guys' thoughts on it. So um, sub X13, you were saying, you know, how you're, you like to do service for your master, right? And um, how is that? How do, mm, does that feed you as much as obedience? Does obedience feed you at all? And the, the reason I ask this of all of you guys is because when I judge for master slave contest, there's more than one judge that will ask the slave, what is the most important thing in your power exchange dynamic? And the answer better be obedience. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so now when everybody's in a contest and I'm like, so if you get this judge, Make sure you say obedience and have a good answer for it, regardless of, you know, what it is that you think. So because for some people, it's the act of giving service, right? It's not just obedience. Now, for me, I like to serve Dan. I get off on serving my master the person that I trust. I love to get his coffee. I love it when he changes things up. Don't tell him that, though he'll probably listen to this later. You know, I like the challenge. I like, you know, doing things for him. And it's it's been really different for us since being in the RV because all of our our all of my service to him used to be wrapped up in rituals that dealt with 
coming and going. So before COVID, he would leave the house. I would get his gym clothes ready, get his meds ready, you know, his supplements ready, his breakfast ready, pack his lunch, have a little treat in it, you know, and all these things. When he came home, I'd take off his shoes and put away his clothes. And, you know, so all of this stuff was service. Then COVID happened and he was home. And then we sold everything and became our veers. And when you're in a 30 foot box, there isn't much service to give, right? There's, he, he can lean over and pour his own coffee, right? He needed the light turned on today. And I, I just, I leaned over and flipped the switch, right? It's not like I have to walk the whole length of a room or up and down stairs, you know, anything like that. So everything has changed so much and I'm missing out on our rituals and our service. And I think I've, we've talked about this before on, on, um, with Cauldron, but the thing, so I like service with Dan, but I don't consider myself a service submissive. Even though I give service to the community, it's nothing for me to go break down tables and chairs and put away things and do the things and, you know, run stuff. But um, serving other people, I have a resistance to. Unless Dan's told me to do it. But then the service is to him, not the other person. So, but with all that in mind, I actually get off more on obedience because I have a hard time with surrender. I, I resist it. I resist following orders sometimes. <laughs> so when I can get to obedience and just Dan says something and I say, yes, sir, and do it without even thinking, that's my happy place, right? So if you guys had to break it down between service and obedience or come up with something else, right? Because I've, I've just made it black and white, service or obedience. I mean, it could be so many other things that get you off in a power exchange relationship. I mean, what would you say that that is for you? And do you know why? I think for me, it's not really either service or obedience. Both of them have their role. But for me, it is that trust um, mm. in knowing that what I'm being asked to do, what I'm being told to do um, is for my benefit. Um, and, and knowing that I'm not going to be led astray. I think it's that, that trust. I like that. So it's the trust for your benefit. All right. So I got a, I got a weird question for you. Let me write this down because I will forget later. So trust for your benefit. Um, if he told you to do something that was really, really, really weird, and I'm going to say something really weird, like jump off a cliff. How much resistance would you have for that? Or do you have enough trust to think it would be for your best interest? Um, I have enough trust to think that there is something behind what he's doing. Mm. That, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be harmed in jumping off that cliff. Isn't that funny? Because I will talk to some submissives and some slaves and they're like, no, no, no. If he told me to do that, I would never do it. And I'm like, but I want to be in a relationship where I trust him so much that if he said jump off a cliff, 
I would say yes, sir, because there's zombies behind me that are going to eat my head or there's a tiger that I don't see, you know, or whatever. But I like having that much trust in a person that I can just say yes, sir, and do the deed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I actually like coming across to other people that have that much trust in their relationship desire that much trust in their relationship, even if you don't have it yet, right? You know, there can be that desire there. I I actually find it for myself very empowering to be in that that level of a relationship. So I mean what what about what about you guys? Well what I would say is um for me service I like to serve other people I don't I don't just serve anyone like no I'm not just going to do something I like to serve for my community certain people it gives me great satisfaction to serve um but obedience that removes the fear mm. that that takes things that I would normally be afraid to do normally I would get stage fright or I would question or if I'm feeling that level of obedience mm-hmm. and I've only really experienced that one time and and like I said that was a relationship where it was new and probably that shouldn't have been there yet but it's that I remember what that feels like and that was that's kind of the goal for me that's yeah. one of the things I won't settle for not having is that that ability to build that trust with someone to just you tell me to do something and my body does it it's not even a question I can remember the first time Dan told me and we were shifting remember we were shifting from a friendship of many years to a possible power exchange relationship that we'd only read books about right and the first time he told me to take my shirt off but I thought someone might be able to see us that resistance that I didn't want to have. And then years later or whatever it was later, not having that resistance and just doing it. You're right. That is like a sense of freedom, like no other. And I happen to be an anxious person, even though I don't want to be, and I happen to have fears. And it's really awesome when Dan can say, do the thing. And your first response is, yes, sir, because, yeah, it does. It does remove that fear. And but you have to have that trust. So so you were saying, you know, you probably shouldn't have done it that early in the relationship with the first relationship. But, man, once we experience it, there is a real thing of sub frenzy, slave crave, you know, those sort of things. And and it's possible for us to give too much too soon. But you don't know until it's 2020 hindsight, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's amazing what I've learned. I mean, just the things that I did in the beginning that now I'm like, oh, I want to I want to go back and protect myself a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is why I like to talk to other like to new submissives or new bottoms coming in like don't you don't have to do all the things I did but just you need to be aware watch out yeah and you know what I'm sure we did some dumb stuff 
that we warn other people about now, right? We're best friends with another couple that's been together for 20 years. And, and they're like, you know, we did some really stupid stuff to begin with too. Thank God things turned out okay, right? So now there are so many more resources, right? You can do things like safe calls and get, get resources and go to classes, Right. So and we can learn all that stuff. We can learn that there is such a thing as as slave crave and sub frenzy. And man, I get it. As long as I've been doing this, I still go through modes where it's like my libido kicks in and I'm like the next person that walks by better want to spank me because I need it now. (laughs) So, yeah, we have to we have to think about all that stuff. But. No, so I always like to ask the obedience versus service question just to see how see how submissives think about it. Because we all I've been in sub round tables before. So this is why I asked the question, because I was in a submissive round table for a mast meeting, which is a masters and slaves together, right? They meet all over the country. And and we were there and they separated out into DOMs and subs. And there were some new people in the sub round table and we're all sitting in a circle and they started talking about being service submissives. You know, what gets you off on being a service submissive? And when it got to me, and this was only a couple of years ago, well, COVID, probably about five years ago. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pass on this question. And they just kind of looked at me funny and it went through a couple more people and they talked about service. And then it got to a guy and he's like, you know, I think I'm in the wrong place. And they're like, why? He goes, I'm brand new, but service doesn't do it for me. If I'm going to serve someone coffee, I want it to be because they've told me to do it. That makes me hard. And I'm like, oh, that's why I had to pass because that's what I'm feeling. (laughs) It's not the service that makes me wet. It's the obedience of being told what to do and saying yes sir or yes ma'am or you know whoever I'm doing the thing for well, I think I mean I think that's the desire I think that's you know that's I want to feel those things but mm-hmm. but right now I don't have that and so that's one of the reasons why you know seeing with power exchange like that's that's one of those things that gives me that opportunity to have that little taste of that for a set period of time to have mm-hmm. that kind of um, just reaction, that physical reaction to yeah. that. Because otherwise, you know, the service I'm doing because because it makes me feel good and because it mm-hmm. helps someone else and because it makes someone else feel good. Yeah. It's all but powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all powerful stuff. So, you know, we're all we're all into this for some same reasons, I guess, and some different reasons. It's all personal for us. There's no one answer for any of this, regardless of what the MS judges say. (laughs) There, There isn't one answer. It's all personal for us. We've all got different histories. We've all got different hurdles to jump across, right? You know, some of us come into this with baggage. Some don't. Right. I, you know, and man, if nothing else, we get to work on our personal shit to make these relationships work because that definitely comes up in spades. 
um, all the things. So I'm going to ask you another question to think about. I like to ask questions. Um, as a submissive, we usually think about what does a dominant bring to a relationship? But us as submissives, what do we bring to a power exchange relationship, right? The, the submissive roundtable I run, January is usually the, the month that I ask this question. Think about it. You as, you as a person, what do you bring to a power exchange relationship? What do you have to offer besides submission, right? Because some people that come to the roundtables don't see themselves as powerful people. So what do you bring? I'll jump in it with what I'll I say bring. You first. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Feel free. Otherwise I talk a lot. Um, I think uh, communication, um, thoughtfulness, and um, like overthinking to the point of overthinking sometimes, but also um, I can be emotional, but I bring a lot of logic. Um, so it's not, I try to, I try to control myself, which is why, you know, the desire for the, for the power exchange. Um, but it's also not a bad thing that I, you know, want to behave in a manner that, you know, reflects well on someone else. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Reflection. I'm a reflection of my master. I totally, totally agree with that. So you said that you bring logic. So do you consider yourself an intelligent person? Absolutely. I, th I think, I think, in my experience, a lot of dominants like having intelligent submissives. They just also like to tell them to shut up sometimes when they talk too much. <laughs> or at least mine does, because sometimes I like to offer a little too much information. So, Yeah, we. Um, sorry, I'm like, do we have like good questions in the chat room, too. I don't know if you want to if no, we're going to address those seen, at some point. I haven't seen the questions in the chat room. There we go. Oh, OK. I, let me another button. Great. Oh, if they've got questions, that is fabulous. So, so Junie, keep going. I'm going to look through. Well, now I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I forgot oh intelligence. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. That, it's one of those things where it, it is hard to find that balance. And I'm of a certain age, too, right? So I, I am not 20-something anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of life experience. And so I'm... I'm more sure of myself than I ever was in my 20s. And so some, you know, I'm, I'm looking for someone that finds that appealing and attractive, right? Like that's important to me that you respect my life experience and my knowledge of and, and what I have been through. Agreed, agreed. So a question was just thrown up there. I love that people have questions. Like I said, I was in a different chat room, so I didn't see them. Okay, so did y'all find it hard to trust after facing abuse in the past 
or broken trust in the past, how long did it take you to trust again? So um, I'm going to let you guys answer this as well, but I'm going to throw it out there because I did say some of us come into this lifestyle with baggage. And um, when I went to my therapist, one of my therapists, you know, I told them that regardless of what lifestyle I'm in, I do not want to change the fact that I am a submissive in a power exchange relation, that this works for me, that I have come into this relationship with this baggage. And even if I was still in my vanilla marriage as a soccer mom, I would still have this baggage. So there were certain things that I wanted to work on. My power exchange is not one of those. I consider that a very healthy, created, co-created relationship that I actually have empowerment in, right? So anyway, so did I find it hard to trust after facing abuse in the past? So I'm going to be very upfront in um, that I never share details, but I am very upfront that I do come in with baggage, a very abusive childhood. So many, many years. So trusting people is not easy for me. That is one of the reasons my relationship with Dan is so powerful for me because I can trust him. And I know I can trust him because even when he fucks up, he fixes things. He takes responsibility as a master. He takes responsibility as the leader in our relationship and he fixes things or he, you know, experience has taught me time and time and time again that I can trust him. Does not come easy for me. I have to work at it, right? I have to realize that's what's going on with me. So Dan has only broken trust with me once. And I really have to think about that because I can only think of one time. And he, he, uh, he did things to make it better. It wasn't instant, right? But he's also human. Masters are not infallible. He's a very human person, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So for me, I work on my trust issues knowing that they're there. Post-traumatic stress disorder, it pops out. I go to therapy every now and then when I feel the need. <laughs> I do the things, right? So it's going to be different for everybody. So do you guys have things to contribute to this? Yeah, um, definitely. I Before I uh, found the lifestyle, I was in an eight-year um, emotionally abusive relationship with a narcissist. And that still lingers. And I didn't know. I mean, narcissism was a, was a buzzword at the time. I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't know that's the kind of relationship I was in until it was over and then went back and was like, Oh, okay. Then I found the lifestyle and was kind of floundering around after that first relationship ended, just feeling completely untethered and not knowing what to do with myself and, and immediately fell into another relationship with a different kind of narcissist. Um, luckily I recognized that one in about six months, but, it, it had an effect on my entire like vanilla life mm -hmm. too. There was things that happened. So long-term trust is a, is something to be built and it's really hard for me. Um, now when you're, when it comes to play or trust in a scene, 
that's very different because I have, because it's not a, a relationship, a long-term relationship. It's friendships that I have built and built trust over time. Isn't that funny though? Trust is easier in a scene, but we're giving them our body, mm-hmm. right? So trust is easier with our body than with our emotions. Yep. So absolutely agree with that. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm looking for other questions here. We. Cool. All so, right. Feel free. Um, back to service versus. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe uh, this brings out the fact that I am more of a brat because it is hard for me to obey. Like if you tell me to do a thing, I want to do the exact opposite thing. But I was very good at knowing the needs before they were told to me. So mm-hmm. I I enjoy just knowing what was needed. Because if you have to tell me, well, now I'm I'm a little bit mad because I want to be a brat and do the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> but that's yeah. Um, well, that that can be confusing for yourself, can it? Or yes. for the for the other person, right? Yes. So it sounds like you like doing anticipatory service, right? That you like. Oh wait, so you like the giving of not the being told to do it yes the taking from so you like never mind this is something i figured out in my head a while back that i really don't like it when it feels like something is being taken from me like i'm being asked to do something so it's being taken from me but if i can figure it out to begin with and i can offer it and give it that's a totally different feeling so, yeah, that can be very confusing. I get that. It, it's confusing, life. so I get mm-hmm. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other thing you said was, you like to be a brat, and I wanted to tell you a story in that I've never been a brat. Oh, my gosh, I love obedience. I love yes, sir. I love high protocol. That, all that stuff just makes me, oh, I love it. Someone, someone said it makes their, their heart their heart beat. Yes, absolutely. But since being in the RV, you know, I've been joyful, I've been happy, I've been all this stuff. So every once in a while, a little brat will come out, goes right over Dan's head. He's He has no clue what it is that I'm doing. And I'm just like, well, that was a waste of energy. I thought I was being silly and he took it as serious. Okay. <laughs> That's so frustrating. <laughs> yes, I was trying to be funny because I'd never been able to do that before. And then, yeah, right over his head. He, he has no clue. That's what I just attempted to do. So, Well, in, in talking about the brat, I, I also have some brat. But what I find for me is that if, if I'm bratting, and this took, you know, from the relationships with, I was in, if I'm full on bratting, that for me is a personal red flag that I have to stop and look at what, a, what am I missing? There's something that is missing for me that is not being fulfilled. That is the reason that I'm bratting. 
But there is also that streak in me, just like Mayfair said, where if you tell me to do something, I want to do the exact opposite. But it really matters. It really depends on who the person is mm-hmm. telling me to do something that because certain personalities will force that reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, living in a 30 foot box, our, our, our energy kind of changes a little bit. And sometimes Dan will tell me to do something and I know he's a foot from it. And the first thing that pops into my head is, is who do you think you are? You can get oh, wait, master. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to. Oh, I'm learning. I'm learning. So it's it's kind of funny how things shift after this much time and you got to you got to relearn. So um, I wanted to hit a couple of questions in here. So Baby Love said, when any of you play, do you bottom versus submit? And I think we covered that a little bit. That's kind of a, an older question in that um, I don't like to just and that's air quotes, right? just bottom not that i see anything wrong with it but but for me i like the submission over oh man and see and i just get scenes flood my head right now like oh yeah that one with the kilt and that one you you know the the power exchange is is what gets it versus the play but you guys spoke up and there's a combination right some like bottom versus um some prefer to submit over bottoming and vice versa um, someone else said they're not obedient unless they need, unless they want to be, uh, earning trust is important service, obedient, not obedient unless they want to be, um, great. So you guys, you know, keep asking questions. We have a, a few more minutes. So with, um, all the different things that I brought up, does anyone have anything that's like bubbling that you want to, want to talk about? I think that you your question about what we bring to the table as the submissive um, mm. is a very you know thought provoking question for me because um, I wasn't something that I really necessarily ever sat down and thought okay you know what what am I bringing to the table um, but you know I like Junie was was saying you know I feel like I'm bring that intelligence. My master likes to use the sharp, pointy logic stick a lot, um, but I'm, I'm a very analytical person as well, so I, I bring that. Mm-hmm. And then I think a, a big one in my relationship um, is acceptance. Mm. And, you know, just accepting for, you know, every, everything about them you know flaws and everything it is okay you know it's it's part of you i i love who you are um and just that that general acceptance i like that dan can show me his flaws i like that we have the type of relationship where he can cry on my shoulder you know it's that sort of thing that and Sometimes people feel like they're dominant. Their master has to be dominant master, you know, stick up their butt all the time. But what we have here is real people. And for me, I actually want to write a FetLife post on this about how I think that our dominance 
being their selves is around us, being able to be themselves around us is actually one of our superpowers, mm -hmm. right? Because we do have that acceptance of them as, as total humans instead of just that single role. So, yeah. And then uh, um, stuff that we can bring to the table. I bet you not all of us, this is, this is not a stereotype, but it maybe it is. Um, we seem to be more organized, Right. At least. No, not, not seeing no. shakings of a head. So I'm very organized, very logical at pros and cons. And I'm going to tell you that obedience thing. Try being on the road and moving every two weeks and wanting structure, because one of the things I like about power exchange and our relationship is structure. We don't have that now. So every two weeks we move and Dan makes decisions about where we're going. And if we're leaving early, I mean, we're here right now. But we were supposed to be somewhere else. But because of the weather, Dan decided we were staying here. My brain's already moved to the next place. So to have that obedience of, yes, sir, we're staying here. I'll make things happen. You know, it can can be very challenging. But I I bring that. I bring organization. I bring and it drives him nuts <laughs> but because he's not like that we're so different how we do things we actually work really well together as a team so well, speaking of that it's really funny that it's the only place that i'm really organized is travel when it comes to traveling like mm -hmm. you know and I'm, I'm a was a single mother of three kids and so they're all adults now i yeah. still am <laughs> but um but they would travel and they all carried their own packs. They carried, pulled their own suitcases. Like I, I was very mm -hmm. organized in mm -hmm. that way. It's, and, and I still am when it comes to travel. Everything else in my life is a little bit chaotic. But <laughs> Well, Dan likes to make decisions on the spur of the moment a lot. And then when I come up with, yeah, but it's 18 degrees there. And he's like, what the hell? Okay, well, I guess we're not going there. But I'm also the one with the spreadsheet, the master packing spreadsheet that goes back 13 years. It's got tabs on it from every year, because if we ever go back to this one event, I might need to remember what I took 13 years ago so I don't forget something tomorrow. Right. So a little a little much. All right. So we have um, Baby Love says, can any of you speak to the importance of having community and support with other submissives. And I'm, I'm going to throw out there that regardless of anything that we're doing, I highly see the value of being around others that are also doing somewhat of the same thing. So whether that's why I run the submissive roundtable that I do and have done for years, because I see the importance of submissives talking with submissives. I also see the importance of you know, doms and subs, I'm, I'm trying to remember my language here, doms and subs talking with doms and subs and not splitting up so that we can see it. You know, I, I see the importance of fish bowls to, like this for, you know, if dominants are watching this, they get to see how our brain works a little bit. And um, so that's all important. But submissives with submissives, polyamorous people with polyamorous people. And especially if it's polyamory the way that you want to do polyamory, right? Because there's all kinds of polyamory. There's all kinds of power exchange. If you can find people that are that you want to emulate, especially, 
that's very important. If you're power exchange and polyamorous, I highly recommend, and baby love knows why I'm saying this, I highly recommend being around other power exchange polyamorous people because that is totally different than just polyamorous. So all those dynamics. Well, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just like in business, you know, do, practicing best practices, finding someone who is successful at what they're doing and learning, you know, everything you can from them, mm-hmm. leaning every bit of knowledge, spending the time around them. Um, I, I, one, I know also one of the reasons Baby Love asked that question is because for me, when I first came in and, and that first relationship ended and I wanted to learn things. I, um, for some reason, started seeking out doms to learn right. from. Like, you know, oh, yeah, teach yeah. me teach me your stuff. And it wasn't until I just happened upon a couple of the right submissive people who kind of took me under their wing. They were like, you know, here's this. Here's this knowledge. And I was like, wow, that's so valuable that I, and- I wanted to be that person for other people, too. And how important is that to get out there, right? It is going to be very hard for a dominant to tell a submissive how to process something, right? I mean, I mean, it just is. And then the example that I like to give is, is if you're a pilot of a plane, you don't go to the stewardess to ask how to pilot. If you're a steward, steward, stewardess, you know, uh, you don't go to the pilot Those are totally different roles. And my master is an extremely smart person, but he is not a submissive and he is not a bottom and he does not know how to process pain and he does not know how to process surrender. Right. He can see it from the outside and he can see the results of it, but he's not in there. It's not his thing. Even if he did a workshop where he was a submissive for a day. He's not wired that way. It's so yes, very important to learn and be around other submissives. And I'm going to throw out there in person is even better, mm-hmm. you know, COVID, but um, in person is better. I'm actually mentoring someone right now that is never met anyone in person i finally got to meet her but a lot of people found this lifestyle during covid because they're online and they had time to research the stuff that interested them and so they haven't met other people yet and you gotta watch out for the armchair people behind the screen so i don't know that that makes sense (laughs) I'm going to throw a comment uh, from EMR earlier. Um, This kind of goes with it, I think. Uh, She recommends a book, uh, Single in the Scene, Navigating Lifestyle Community as a Single Slave. Um, She says it's a great way to learn about yourself. Um, So my take on it, if you learn about yourself, then you know what kind of people you need to seek out. Right. I am actually, I'm betting you that that would be a good book for all of us. Single in the scene. I'm actually going to write it down. And because I am always learning about myself as I grow, I've been through a lot of chapters being in this lifestyle this many years. And um, I was just talking with some older 
women the other night in that, yeah, I did my needs, wants, and desires when Dan and I first got together. Have I done them since I've grown as a person? I, I bet you they've changed. So, you know, anything like that would be very beneficial to learn who you are as a person and maybe what you're looking for now that you didn't know about before. So what about aging as a submissive is the question. What happens when you pass that 1830 age that doms are looking for? Well, I got in at 35 and I'm now, no, 30. What would I have been? If I'm 55 now, 22, 23, 24. So early 30s is when I got into it, right? So, and luckily I've actually run across a lot of people that um, are perfectly okay with my age. So aging as a submissive, I will tell you though, that there are times I have found the people that could care less about my age. I have found the people that like older submissives because we have more knowledge and we have more uh, emotional intelligence is maybe the word or experience or whatever. But sometimes as you age, you also start to feel invisible to some, right? And even worse is when you're aging and you're collared, right? So that can be um, a stumbling block for some people as well. So have you guys had any issues with aging as a submissive? I still look like I'm pretty young, so I get to fool people a lot. So nice. <laughs> Maybe a few years. Nice. So, right. so I've I've been in my power exchange pretty much since we I started in the lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. And he's older than me, so it's not something that I've I've worried about or felt. I, and I, it's not something that I felt like my age. I just turned 37 last week. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it's not something that I felt has held me back in the local community either, um, as far as getting to know people or, or feeling accepted um, with other people, even though a lot of them are, you know, younger than me. So I will say that um, because I came to the lifestyle late late thirties or like right at 40, somewhere in there. Um, and being unpartnered and all of that, not a dynamic. There are times I definitely feel invisible or I get, you know, labeled as the mom of a group. Oh no. And, and, and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a nurturer. I'm okay. It comes honestly, but I also want to be seen as sexy and desirable and, you know, have more to offer. So I'm guessing that because, you know, our local scene is relatively small, um, which is part of it. I just don't have a whole lot of opportunity to meet different people. But so, yeah, I definitely feel invisible. I mean, there's no there's no two ways around it. It's, you know, and, and I have really good friends. Like I said, it's not. You know, I don't feel invisible to my friends, but to anybody who might show interest in either a dynamic or a relationship or any of that, I definitely feel invisible. Yeah. 
So Maxie had nope. a good comment for that one. Mm-hmm. She says, always be yourself, be seen, and someone will be happy to find you. Absolutely agree with that. So, you know, absolutely agree. And that's one of the things, if someone doesn't see me because I'm not in 18 to the 30 range or for any other reason, I'm plus size, I'm, you know, I'm collared and they're intimidated or they're intimidated by me. That's a big one. I have people tell me they're intimidated by me. And I'm like, well, then you couldn't dominate me. If you're intimidated by me, you can't dominate me. And that's not going to work anyway. So I'm glad you figured that out. And, <laughs> you know, go find something that works for you. Um, so I actually saw something in the chat room just a second ago. And it was, how much fun is it for submissives to throw each other under the bus? <laughs> and, oh, Maxie. I, so is Maxie a brat? So because, yeah. Because for me, if I if I if that was a bratty question, it goes over my head as well. So um, because for me, I actually find a lot of power in not only uplifting my master. I consider that as one of my core duties. Right. Is to help keep him up, knowing he can fall off the pedestal. But that's okay. But also my brothers and sister submissives. Right. I take a lot of. Oh, pride. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. But I work a lot at helping to build, you know, my, my, my brothers and sisters submissives, because I know sometimes it can be really, really hard. And sometimes we question, are we weird for liking to be submissive to other people? You know, there's sometimes there's a lot of doubt. So I like to lift people up. So I'll say our our Maxie is having fun because our yeah. group we tease each other all the time that we just throw each other we volunteer each other for things mm-hmm. a lot. So, nice, nice, but, but baby, loves <laughs> yeah, that's right. But if someone yeah. throws me under the bus meanly, uh-huh. like has happened to me before, that person doesn't get my trust. Or my friendship, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone goes out of their way to get me in trouble with Dan. No, no. (laughs) So uh, now, okay. so Maxie says throwing someone under the bus is always done in love. If it is done with a smile on your face and because you are friends and you know what is going on, that is your relationship and, you know, more power to you. <laughs> That's not how I've experienced it before in the past. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that, you know, the just in that it's definitely I mean, those those are the people like Maxie's sister. You know what I mean? Like one nice. of those that love. So we tease each other in that way. But no, I mean, I think definitely when it comes to other submissives in the community, I mean, making making this serious. I mean, yeah, that's what we're there for. We're there to support each other. Nice. And hold each nice. other up, I think. I mean, that to me, that's that's important to protect each other, to you know. All right. So I'm going to this chat room one more time and then I got a question for everybody again. All right. Being around others is important. 
but also being willing to ask questions or seek support. Agreed. That is also very important. Um, hurts my heart when I find people who took the step to reach out for people to reach back. Sometimes you have to hurry, push your friends. Oh, more bus stuff. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, um, if someone reaches out with questions and that's why I'm mentoring this person that I hadn't met before because she had so many questions and she was on fet life and I was looking at where she was asking the questions and what was being told to her. And I'm like, they're going to push her right out. They're going, they're, they're being judgmental. They're being mean with the questions she's asking, which are perfectly valid, you know, especially with someone new coming in. And now the front that's been given to this new person is, is that I can't be a submissive because I have questions. And I'm like, no, let them ask the questions. They're trying to get to know themselves and to see if this is even right for them. And hell, after after this this long, and I still have questions sometimes. New things happen, and I, it just it frustrates me a lot to see someone ask the questions or. Um, I'm having doubts about my partner. And instead of the response being, well, communicate, the response is, well, leave their ass. And I'm like, that's not a first response. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I can see where it would be frustrating to um, see new people kind of be pushed away. Or, or you know, see than given just like you said like poor information mm -hmm. just bad advice or or only one-sided advice you know we, right. we're a community of different people we all have different thoughts and feelings and different ways that we have handled a certain situation and the way we handled it is not going to be right for everybody yeah just like relationships are not going to be like each other's there is no Mm, there's probably a couple of wrong ways to do power exchange, but there's not always a right way <laughs> to do power exchange, right? We've all got different things we're looking for, different things that drive us, different things that work together with different people. So I got one more question for you guys, and then we will wrap this, wrap this up. And uh, this is another one that I like to ask the missives. So not only what do you bring to the table, which is a good one to think about, right? But what are you doing to um, grow in your role, right? This isn't stagnant. As we age, we have kids, we have family things change, work things change, you move into an RV, right? You know, what, what are you doing to grow your role? If you were in a job, you would do things to grow your role, assuming you didn't want to stay where you are forever. What do you guys have in mind? I like to read a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, go and find, find books on the topics that I'm interested in learning more about um, and reading those when I have free time. Um, I'm in a master's degree program right now, so that's <laughs> pretty much takes up all my spare reading time. But right. you know, I get the chance um, just going and searching out that information um, is important, I think. Um, and, you know, going to those classes, 
you know, trying to get with other submissives and talk to them, I think is one of the, the best ways. Um, and then, you know, just speaking with my master, you know, where, where can I improve? What, what else, is there anything else that you need for me that I'm not providing, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All good stuff. I'm going to go last actually. So Mayfair or Junie? Uh, currently, like I said earlier, I'm, I've kind of, this is the only activity I really do with the lifestyle at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the rest of my life is kind of blowing up. So just being on the show every other week. Um, and I mean, we learn stuff on the show, so it's, it's not um, completely stagnant. <laughs> So, no, that's uh, and it sounds like it's perfect and exactly where you need to be right now. So, you know, sometimes we have to pull back a little bit and figure out which direction to go. So, Junie. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of in the middle there where I'm I have been a little bit stagnant over the last few months. Um, And so I I listen to podcasts. I'm a big podcast listener. I should do more reading and I, and I have a list of books that I want to read um, and I haven't. And so that's, you know, that's kind of like goal setting for me. Um, But definitely being active in the community and being out and talking with, with people, like sometimes just the fireside conversation Mm -hmm. is one of the most valuable parts of either figuring something out about myself or, you know, learning, helping someone else to grow. I, you know, just being open and being there. I think, you know, I have, I have definitely have some personal growth to work on towards my own submission, but I'm also at a stage where I'm like, I'm not going to beat myself up over, um, that not being 100% of my focus right now. Cause I'm also in a, you know, kind of a transitional life mm-hmm. point right now. So figuring out what comes next, real life just happens sometimes. Yep. Yep. I totally get that. So, um, so readings, like I said, I was going to go last. So I'm one of the weird ones, I guess. And that power exchange is like my life. Everything I do is around it, except maybe my kids and my grand my grandkid. But I mean, presenting, traveling, teaching, podcast, writing, workshops, Zooms. I mean, everything I do is around this lifestyle. But I still have things that I need to do for my growth as as a person and a follower and, you know, and a slave. And as a bellet, which is the wording that we use now. Um, I just went to a women's retreat. It was a spiritual retreat and it's about empowering women. And in the past, I knew about this retreat and I didn't go because I was afraid that I would learn things that would talk me out of being a submissive. And this time I was able to go because I know who have gone to this workshop before and she did an intervention with me after she went to this workshop. (laughs) So we had to have that conversation. So now I went after this many years later, knowing my empowerment is 
comes from following Dan. And I could still go to this empowered spiritual women's retreat with labyrinths and sweat lodges and bonfires and, you know, and all this stuff and still come out as a better person that still wants to serve my master. Right. I just come in with more skills so I can I can do that. And so uh, reading, I actually started reading. So the person that I'm mentoring, I'm like, so what are you reading right now? And she gives me a list of books that I read years ago, like Slavecraft. And I'm like, well, God, I haven't read that in so long. I bet it sounds different now. I'm going to get different things from it. So I'm rereading some stuff. I get stuck on a certain path because we write our own books. And she's telling me about books that I'm like, wait, I didn't even know that was out there. So, you know, I'm reading other stuff like that. So that's really cool for me as well. Plus, I still do the the roundtables and such. So there was... Okay, so there's a submissive retreat called Submissive Journey Weekend, which is really great to go to. And Submissive Journey, um, is that the one that is in Minnesota? Because if so, that's the, I was invited to teach there this year and couldn't get up there in time. But um, I think that is the one that is run by Riches. So um, Sergeant Major's Submissive. So I, there was one in Tennessee as well at one point. So I'm trying to remember which one that was. So, but I think it's the one that's in Minnesota. Um, reflection. Do you know anyone who might know where to find that kind of thing? Okay. So getting good reading material to help with self-reflection and growth is important. Do you know anyone who might know where to find that kind of thing? So I'm going to give you a name. He is a book person and has all kinds of lists on his FetLife profile. His name is Traver. He's going to be so excited I mentioned his name. So it's T-R-O-U-V-E-R-E. And if you look in his profile, he's got lists of books that are broken out in different categories. So that's really awesome. Did I spell that right? Yes, you did. Thank you. So um, that is his name. Yep. He's also on our Discord. So if you ever want to join the erotic awakening discord he's he's on there as well so but loves to share his book list and um that's a good place to start okay so someone said they believe that uh the one they were talking about is the one that's in tennessee so i know there's a couple of submissive um uh, weekends and yeah i would absolutely recommend going to any of those it's phenomenal to sit with other submissives for a weekend and get to know them. And it becomes more than just watching their post on FetLife or their blog or whatever. You actually get to know them in person and see if it's someone you want to emulate a little bit because that could drive your own growth. So, oh, someone found a rabbit hole. Yes, so please look up Trevere and tell him I sent, sent, sent you his way <laughs> and he'll be all excited. So, and if I come up with anything else, I'll, I'll share that with Cauldron. So any, so as we wrap this up, any burning desires of anything that you would like to share either about yourself or for someone that might be listening?
because we tried to keep this pretty organic. I did come in with a list of questions, right? So to, to try to get some conversation going and we try to keep it pretty organic. But um, I, I will say as much as we try to be open and share, we also know people are listening. So if you ever get a chance to participate in another submissive roundtable and you're a submissive, I highly recommend it. Right. So that way you can get into your deeper feelings and maybe admit stuff, stuff to yourself for the first time, which is a way to grow as a person. Well, and I think, too, if you can find them in person, like if mm -hmm. your event space or your local community holds them and if they don't and you want to have one, start one mm -hmm. because that some of the most important information I've gotten has come from that. And, and I've led them as well. But my favorite is the kind where you're sitting over a meal just talking. Yes. Or you're sitting on the floor cuddled up somewhere and you're just talking about yeah. the things that concern you, that you're worried about, that you're stressed about. And how can, you know, does anyone have advice or we just commiserate and we cry with you? Like whatever, whatever you need. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it, doing that in person, doing it online is great and it's good and it's, you know, educational for other people to, to see and be a part of. But if you can do it in person, it also um, bonds you with the people in your local community. Yeah. So, and if you, if you have that question of wait, am I weird or wait, am I, you know, whatever. And you see all these other real people doing the same thing and enjoying themselves and having fulfilling lives. That is just so powerful. So powerful. Totally agree. So, so Cauldron, the, the resident dominant master, if <laughs> I think we're going to uh, wrap up if we can let him in the door. That's always the fun thing. When I run the submissive round table, I kick Dan out of the trailer. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't even just hear my side. It's okay. Hello there. Hi. <laughs> well, did you all have fun? We did. So I did um, anyway, but that's because I got to talk a lot and be in charge. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's a slave with control issues. That's another topic. I think you just bratted. I'm telling Dan. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think I might have been good at bringing it out of all of us. <laughs> Like, Apparently I'm a brat magnet. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was uh, I was having fun in the chat room. For a change, I got to just sit to the side and chill and read all the comments. Nice. Good time. Great information. Thank you all so much for coming in. Um, real quick, I do need to thank all of the Patreon producers since we are shy on time here i am not going to go over everybody's name but i do want to say it's value for value podcast so if you get value out of what you've heard today especially if you stuck around this long uh consider giving back you can do that the links are down below and will be in the show notes for the audio only version of the podcast with that you get access into the discord group and uh, an invite to a private event that will be held in Knoxville, Tennessee on July the 8th. And there will be a cutoff for that. So uh, 
We want everybody to to be able to get to know you when you come in and feel safe because it is a lot of new people. And uh, I don't know, Don, if you remember, but I remember being uh, being a brand newbie and safety as far as being outed was a huge thing. So, yeah. So when we hold these events for, for our people, then we just want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to get to know everybody else a little bit through that discord server and our, uh, bi-monthly online munches. So, all right. Well, again, thank you all so very much. Um, and there's also a trust, uh, or a list of trusted vendors, None of them are sponsors. Again, we are listener sponsored and contact info down below. Uh, I believe I put links. No, I couldn't on YouTube. I put everyone's FET names down below. So if you're interested in getting in touch with uh, with anybody with questions, their FET names are listed down below. The links are not there. So you just have to go to FET Life and hit search. And uh, copy and paste there, and that will get it done. So anything anybody has, wants to say, wants to ask before we jump out of here of me? I want to know what you're teaching in March. Where are you at? Uh, I don't know the name of the event. It was something with, it's going to be in Gatlinburg. Um, it's a, a private women's uh, event for it's my understanding that these are uh, swingers who are transitioning over to the kink lifestyle and there's 14 of them and I'll I'll be teaching um, a lot of safety stuff on different types of play so like it's important in my opinion that anybody who's going to bottom uh, knows how to recognize what should be happening behind their back and so that's what I'm going to try to to uh, get across to these 14 uh, women that I'll be speaking with so that they uh, can help mitigate the risk of being mm-hmm. harmed. So Nice, nice. Good question. Though. Thank you, uh, Mayfair. All right. And uh, from what I listened to, I want to I want to give a final thought of part of the last of the conversation. And that was life before lifestyle. I heard there's a lot of things going on with a lot of people. And sometimes, you know, we get so wrapped up in the kink lifestyle, especially when like Don, I, uh, you know, up until recently, Mayfair, we lived it. We were at events constantly doing all the things and sometimes don't forget the most important thing that a person can do is take time for themselves and uh i think as as being on the dominant side of that of that slash uh it's something that i always try to do not always successful with it but make sure that that whoever is serving me takes time for themselves and probably something that I need to work more on in the future. But yeah. So, all right. That's going to do it. Um, we can go through the list. We'll go Dawn, Junie, uh, no, be uh, Mayfair, and then Dawn and Junie and wrap up with Sub X 13. Cause I think everybody remembers how we, how we end the show. But this has been Master Cauldron and Mayfair and, and Dawn. <laughs> and next thirteen. Woohoo! <laughs>
All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget to continue to unearth the truth. (laughs) Bye, everybody.